Good morning, everybody. It's the bald-headed country boys here, Jesse Wayne, Taylor, and Papa T. Travis Lee Taylor over here to my left. How's it going? Good. How are you? Doing all right. Happy Doing Sunday. all right. Yep. Happy Sunday. Sunday morning. Sunday morning coming down. Yep. Got a little rain the last few days. The grass has started to pop back up outside, and everything's turning green again. It's been uh, it's been a little crunchy around here the last few weeks. Yeah. So every little drop counts, and we got some. So very thankful for that. Mm-hmm. You could almost hear the grass out there sucking that water up like a through <clears throat> a straw, like it was like if they was at the bottom of their milkshake at McDonald's. The way that thing was, the way they were <laughs> sucking that water up out That's there. That's hilarious. So yeah, things are looking up. We were just talking a few minutes ago about <clears throat> a movie I just recently saw, the new Thor movie. Yeah, tried I tried to get you to go with me and and mom to watch that with me and Catherine yesterday, but you weren't having it. Yeah, I can't. I'm not much into the Marvel stuff, the superhero stuff, things like that. I never have been. Even when I was a kid, I wasn't into the Superman, Spider Man, Aquaman. Now I do like to watch big uh, uh, the uh, Big Bang Theory where they talk about it. Mm. But I'm not much into the I'm not much into the superhero stuff. Never have been into science fiction that much. It was good, but it was all over the place. I just wish that y'all would have come to watch the movie with us yesterday because we just wanted to hang out with y'all. That's not hanging out. That's not hanging out. You're in a dark theater. It, it, you're watching a movie, and, and I'm I'm too busy trying to get to the last butter popcorn at the bottom of the thing because I haven't layered my butter on my popcorn. So I'm I'm focused. You know what I mean? I asked Catherine to ask them to layer the popcorn yesterday, and she did not. Um, I was like, why did you not do that? You know, it's six one way, half a dozen the other to me. I mean, I really can't tell a huge difference. I can tell the difference. Can you tell the difference? Yeah, because the top, if they don't do it, the top is greasy, doused. Yeah. Just like they took a cup of butter and just poured it on the top. And I'm not about that life. That's frustrating to me. Well, when you eat popcorn the way you do by the handfuls, I could see that. But when you eat it like I do three or four kernels at a time, because I want to make it last through the whole movie. I don't. Yeah. I know you you you're, you got that from your grandmama. I want to get my fix. Yeah, well, you got that from your grandmother. I want to get my fix and get it fast. She eats popcorn by the handfuls. She starts at the but she grabs a handful of popcorn. She stops at the starts at the bottom of her hand, and she goes rawr, 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 all the way up I to the top. Too, yeah. that, I've seen it. You and you all all you and Hunter both do that. Mm-hmm. Your mama does that with M and M's. Dude, I, I'm think just I, did her, I think I saw her do it with Skittles. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. When we went to the movies the other night, she got a big bag of Skittles. <laughs> and, dude, she was so happy with that big bag of Skittles. The woman does love sweets. Yeah, so do I. She loves sweets. I just never imagined her going for the Skittles. Dude, I'll take a Skittles. fried pork chop over a piece of chocolate cake every day of the week. I, I, I'm serious. I can take I can, I can can take her leave sweets, but, man, when it comes to white beans, cornbread, Pork chops, stuff like that. That's that's my kryptonite. Stuff like that. Good old country cooking, which is probably the worst thing you could eat. Well, sugar is the worst thing you could eat, probably. But the second worst thing, good old country cooking. You know? Yeah, I'm I'm bad with the sweets myself, dude. So 
I can take or leave them. Sometimes I get a sweet tooth, but you know, usually if I get a sweet tooth and I go in there and fix me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I'm satisfied. Yeah. You know, not everybody can do that. I can. So, but then sometimes I'm not satisfied and I have to have a piece of chocolate cake. So, you know, it is what it is. Carrot cake. Carrot cake is one of my favorites. Yeah, it is. Love carrot cake. So if anybody out there wants to make me a carrot cake and drop it off, I'll take it. Thanks. Did you uh, wake up on the right side of the bed all week this week, or was uh, yeah days where you woke up you you woke up on the right side of the bed every day this week? I'm trying to think. I um, didn't. I was about to say if you rolled out of bed on the right side of the bed every day this week, then I'm shocked. Let's see. I think I did. I don't remember waking up on the wrong side of the bed this week. What side of the bed were you on last night when I texted you? I was on the right side. I don't know. I was on the right side. I was I was sleepy though. <laughs> yeah. I was I went to bed early last night because mm-hmm. I stayed up late the night before watching movies. So all right, good news is we made it here to the podcast and we're filming a podcast. That's right. I was going to be a little aggravated at you if I did all this work during the week getting these tapes together and you just ghosted me. Well, I didn't really know what time I was getting up. I woke up this morning about seven fifteen. I got on up and got ready, and so yeah, we we were able to make this happen, but. Uh, it had, had I not slept well last night, and I was up a lot last night, but if had I not slept well last night and slept late, it's really hard to work this in on birthday Sunday because we've got to go to Fairview. We spend a few hours in Fairview and then we got to come back home. And by the time we do all that, we're usually exhausted. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, thinking about I got to crawl out and go to work in the morning, you know, I just kind of want to veg out on Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon, just kind of a veg out prepare myself for the week kind of day. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I will let you know that I really appreciate this time we spend talking together and I will go out of my way to make sure that we have time to do this every week. Okay. Just so you know. All because right. Because I've grown really accustomed to getting to sit here and have an hour-long conversation with you every week. We don't do that unless we sit down and do the podcast. It's not that we don't want to. It's just that we have things Our schedule's going on. Our schedule don't mesh. And... Yeah, I just, I really appreciate it. So I'm glad that we're here and able to do this. It'd be nice if you get up and go to Panera and get me a bagel and a caramel latte before we started. When did you decide to go with Panera? Because you've been saying Waffle House for years. Well, I knew you weren't going to Waffle House and get me a, and get me an all-star breakfast to bring it back in here. The only time you'll go is at 5 a.m. in the morning. That's when I wake up hungry. I'm sorry, at 5 a.m. in the morning. Like, I can't do that. That's when I wake up hungry. I started to go this morning at 5.15. If you went at 11.30, I could do that at night. 11.30? Yeah. Who wants to eat like that at 11.30? Me? I'd feel like an elephant sitting on my chest for the rest (laughs) of the night. You wait till you get 53. You wait till you get 53. So you you'll want the be, elephant sitting on your chest all day? No, you, you wait till you get 53. You'll be you wanting said. to go, you'll be wanting to go at 530 in the morning instead of 11 o'clock at night. You watch and see. All really you old, know, all you old bald headed country boys out there, y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that I've, I, I'm you, just saying I've never been a breakfast you, in the morning person. I can't do that. I can't have a big meal like that. You've never personally. been a breakfast in the morning person? Do I like breakfast? Yes. But when I started having to watch my weight and actually deal with making sure that I don't gain more weight, I stopped eating big breakfasts. It's out. It's done. What I do don't you eat do that for breakfast? Anymore. Most of the time I have coffee and maybe some fruit. Oh. And then I wait until. Fruit's good. 
early lunch. Honestly, a lot of times I have a muffin. That's yeah. my that's my like ten a.m. food. Yeah, see, by ten a.m. I already focused on lunch. So unfortunately, most of the time during the week in a work week, I don't eat breakfast. I know this. I guess now that I think about it, I don't eat. I don't eat three meals a day. There's no doubt about it. I eat maybe one full meal a day, and then I will. I'll start eating around. I don't know, ten thirty. And I'll just kind of eat stuff as I need it until dinner time, and then that's when I have my big meal. Yeah, see, I eat one meal a day. I start about 11, and I quit about 11 at night. So, yeah, that's my meal. That's not true. If I never if I never start eating, then I'm not hungry. My problem is, and, and, and of course, all your di- dietitians and doctors and everybody tell you, you have to eat breakfast. You have to start your metabolism. I get it. So if I go sit down this morning and I eat a sensible breakfast, I'm not talking about a big Waffle House breakfast. I eat a, say I eat a, um, a bagel, okay, which kind of supposed to be healthy for you, right? Or maybe a brand muffin, supposed to kind of be healthy for you, right? And I eat that, I'm satisfied, but then two hours later, I'm starved to death. And then I stay hungry for the rest of the day, Yeah, you know? Well, let me throw this at you. So I think that has to do with the kind of food that you're eating. And also, bagels, that's kind of healthy. But I it's probably not say, as healthy as it should be when I slather all that cream cheese on it. Dude, no, that officially is not healthy when yeah. you do that. When you do that, it's bagel is no more, no more healthy. And I can eat a bagel without the cream cheese. It's just better. It um, changes my attitude about things. Well, I'll tell you what. Instead of going down this route, because I want to save some food talk towards the end. Okay. We'll go, we'll go back to some food talk. Let's pull away from that here for a second. Okay. Let's go somewhere else. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. Well, last week we got to interview Paul. That was pretty cool, right? Yeah, that was, that was, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, I've no, got... last week was the tuba solo. Oh, wow. You're right. You're two weeks, you're two weeks off, bud. Oh, wow. You're so right. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. Two weeks ago, we interviewed my granddad, Jerry Taylor, dad's dad, via some old tapes that he had recorded himself back in the 80s. I guess, I don't know, the ones we listened to might have been in the 70s, because you was little. I was little. Uh, I got to thinking about it. I think I was about 12 years old, maybe 13, when daddy did that, so that would have put us at like 80, 81, 82, mm-hmm. somewhere in that neighborhood. Um. And so he, throughout his life, would take these tape recorders and interview people in the family um, and apparently himself and interviewed himself a little bit. And I Mm -hmm. found some of those clips. It was really cool. It was like he kept going back and saying, um, I'm just trying to think of stories you kids might like to hear later on or something like that. And I just thought it was so funny. It ended up being a lot of the stories we had already told on here together about ourselves. Yeah. Um, so we ended up making an episode out of him telling the stories, um, about himself and his experiences, which was just like something I never expected us being able to do. I thought that was pretty, pretty freaking cool, man. It's fun to hear, it's fun to hear your parents talk about growing up. Yeah. Because every generation is so different. You know? I mean, you stop and think about, 
I'm one, you're one generation. I'm second generation. My dad would be the third generation. Okay. Look, look at where we've come since my dad was say 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, rarely anybody had a television in their house. Most people did have running water. A lot of people still didn't have in, indoor plumbing, you know, at that time. Um, to a generation now where there's a 12-year-old kid that gets up every morning and the first thing he does is grab his iPad and and he can watch cartoon. He can watch any cartoon he wants to watch on his iPad. We used to have to wait for cartoons. Think about my dad's time. He might even have to go to a neighbor's house to watch cartoons because they might be the only one on the street that had a television set. Yeah. You know, and it's just so fun to hear different generations talk about growing up, you know, <laughs> Uh, because every generation is so vastly different. I'll tell you something else I've learned too. The older I get, <clears throat> you know, every generation, when you get about my age, you begin to worry about the state of the world. You know, this world we're living in, oh, it's, just, I'm, I'm worried about it. You know, I get worried about the world we live in sometimes, you know, but I hear my, I hear myself saying some of the same things that I remember my dad saying about the world. 25 years ago mm-hmm. and my grandpa saying about the world 25 years ago, you know, so it's the society does have a way of reinventing itself, you know, so everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Just get up every morning, put your feet on the ground, talk to the Lord, say, Lord, ain't nothing going to happen today. Me and you can't handle together and just press forward, just press forward and keep on keeping on. It's going to be okay. You know? Mm-hmm. So, but that was that was fun. I appreciate you taking the time to do that. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have sat down and listened to those. I guarantee you would not have sat you know? down and listened to those. Because it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to sit and listen and and reminisce. You know, just like last week when you played me doing the tuba solo, that was kind of tough. You know, because mm-hmm. I hadn't heard that tuba solo since 1986. Yep. You know, and my mind went right back to that football field where we were. You know. And it was just kind of tough because that was a really cool time. That was a lot of fun, you know. And uh, I was young and skinny then too, so mm-hmm. that was cool. We got you know? pictures on Facebook fact, to prove man, it. Man, if you don't, if you You're wanna, welcome, I posted that. If you want to see somebody with a tuba with a bend in his back that will blow your mind, look at some of the pictures Jesse has posted. I on mean, Facebook. you could you could have went to a hot yoga class. Back then, Back then I probably could have. It wouldn't have been a hot yoga class. When are so. you going to go to hot yoga East Nashville with me? When are they going to come out with cold yoga? <laughs> Dude, you don't want to do that. I, I think that's what I'd like. Cold yoga. That is terrible. Can you imagine the puddle of sweat that they would have to clean up off that floor after I left that place? Yeah, it probably looked like the one that all of us have on Jeez. the floor. Jeez. No, I'm, I'm too fat for hot yoga, but I would, I would consider doing a cold yoga class. <clears throat> um, that's hilarious. I think you'd probably reconsider after you tried it. But, uh, anyways, I'm glad that we got to do that too, man. It was, it was just cool to get to hear him tell some stories again. Cause like I was saying, man, that was one of the, one of the first songs I ever wrote was a song about Paul telling stories. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, it was cool to get to sit back and do that again. And then it definitely was cool to get to watch you listen to your, uh, tuba solo. And like you said, you definitely would not have gone back through these at all had I not done it. No, probably not. So I'm glad I did it because I can tell it's been good for you. And uh, I think you can, too. And it certainly has been enjoyable for me to get to do it with you. So, 
Well, thanks. You're welcome. I'm glad you've enjoyed it. I have. So, do me a favor. <clears throat> Tell me a little bit about Pawpaw. Um, so, Pawpaw would be my grandfather, um, your great-grandfather. He lived three doors up from me nearly my entire life. I stopped at his and my grandmother's house every morning on the way to school. We'd eat breakfast together until she got to the point to where she couldn't get breakfast, uh, make breakfast. And then we'd, they would eat cereal and, and, uh, I would sit and drink coffee with them. Um, not much of a cereal person for breakfast. Um, but, uh, she passed away, uh, in 1998. And he remained, uh, he, he stayed with us till 2013. So he was a widow, a widower for, uh, 15 years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, uh, in his younger days, he was, uh, he left home when he was 13 years old. Um, so that would have been in 1938 because he's born in 1925. So he left home in 1938 in the middle of the depression and he moved in with an aunt and an uncle in Nashville over in North Nashville. Um, he moved in with his aunt and uncle that would have been aunt Lula and uncle, uh, uncle Ben Jackson, Lula and Ben Jackson. And he worked, he went to work in a bicycle factory. I don't know the name of the bicycle factory, mm-hmm. but he went to work in a bicycle factory. And he did that for a good while. He moved back to Fairview at some point and lived with in in the attic of Dr. Zerby's house. Now, let me tell you where Dr. Zerby's house is. You're at the corner of Taylor Road and Highway 100. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking at buried treasures... On Highway 100, the house to the right was Dr. Zerby's house. And Papa lived in the attic of that house. Mm. And Dr. Zerby would get calls in the middle of the night to go see about somebody who's sick or something like that. And Papa would, would watch the house while he was gone. Um, I don't know how long he lived. I don't remember how long he lived with Dr. Zerby, but he did live with Dr. Zerby for a time. And, and his wife, Miss Zerby was there too. Uh, but, uh, he, Papa lived up in the attic there. And um, then he was drafted um, in 1943 and served over in the European campaign during World War II. Um, then when he came out of the Army, he, be- he began working as a welder. And he worked for several welding companies in Nashville. Then he ended up going to work for a welding company in um, in Dixon. And he was working as a welder and working part-time at the old liquor store over on Highway 100 called Ed's Liquors. It was owned by a fellow by the name of Ed Friedley. And in the late 60s, Mr. Friedley decided he was going to open up a liquor store on Thompson Lane in Nashville, and he wanted to sell out. And my grandpa and Thomas Taylor went in together as partners and bought that bought that business. Mm-hmm. Um, Thomas Taylor was a distant half cousin of my grandfather's, 
and uh, a very wealthy, very kind, very generous gentleman. Um, he uh, he was a silent partner, and so then my dad became a partner somehow or another. I don't know how all that worked. I I never did figure out exactly, but anyway, um, he remained uh, he remained active in that liquor store um, as the owner until uh until it closed in 1982 and then he retired and there's the picture there's the i'm picture sitting here the staring wall. at the picture while i'm right. talking about it yeah i spent a many an hour in that in that old liquor store uh learned a lot there probably learned more about business in that liquor store <clears throat> from the time i was five years old till i was about 13 years old than i ever did in any business class i ever took in college yeah. um then he uh after he retired he just he he loved to trade mm-hmm. man yeah, he, he loved did. to trade uh i've never seen anybody that loved to trade and buy and sell stuff more than my granddaddy did he loved it he i mean if i was in his shape though as a widower too though i'd have probably been doing the same thing well before my grandmother got pretty sick he took that old 46 chevrolet pickup truck that you see in that picture up there the one he called baxi and he built a camper on the back of it, and they would travel to flea markets over the weekend. I remember vividly them going to a flea market in Linden, Tennessee, right there off the interstate. And there was probably, I don't know, 12 or 15 vendors set up there. And they were all, you know, just good old country people that had certain things that they'd like to sell, you mm-hmm. know. And... um so they would travel. They would travel around a, a few flea markets and set up. I remember them going to a flea market in Savannah. I got to go with them one weekend. Mm-hmm. I rode in the middle between my grandmother and granddaddy in the middle of the, in that old forty six Chevrolet pickup truck. It was hot. We didn't. <laughs> there was no air conditioning, and it was uh, it was a five speed in the floor. And every time he'd go to change the gears, I'd have to scoop my legs over so he could change the gears. You know, um, but I used to I used to go with them some. Um, and then, uh, then she got to where she couldn't, she, she didn't do well on the travel stuff. And then he'd just get up every morning and, and he'd go trade for a while, come back home, check on her and then go trade some more and then come back home. It was his job. That's what he did, you know, and he loved it. Absolutely loved it. And, uh, we were very fortunate. He was 88 when he passed away and he had kept his mind right up to the very end. Dude, he was sharp. Dude. He, he really was. It it he his mind would absolutely amaze me. Um, I could I could pick out something he had in his house that he traded for twenty five years ago, and I could say, "Tell me again how you ended up with that item," and he would tell you the entire story. This was three or four weeks before he passed away. He would tell you the instant he'd tell you what he, where he got it, how much he paid for it, where he was at. You know, he would tell you how many times he'd owned it because sometimes he would buy something or trade for something and trade it off and end up back back up with it like the old shotgun we talked about a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. Things like that, you know, which I never did get over not getting that shotgun. He and I, that was one of the last things he and I talked about was that old shotgun. Yeah. You know. And he said, he finally said, well, I should have worked it out where you could have ended up with that shotgun. He said, but I sure didn't expect old so-and-so to, to get rid of our shotgun. Me and him was making a good living off of that thing, <laughs> you know. So 
growing up around Papa was a uh, was a real blessing to me. Um, he was uh, he was a businessman. Uh, he had a good business mind. Um, he knew how to talk to people, how to how to deal with people, um, and uh, you know everybody knew him. Mm-hmm. You know everybody knew him. At one time, he was even a deputy sheriff. No way. Yeah, for a That's short. A, wild. I had no idea. I, yeah, I I remember him telling me that. I, I I don't remember what year it was or anything. <coughs> I want to say it was sometime back in the late fifties or early sixties. He was a deputy sheriff. Um, Barney Five. Uh, Barney Five. I can just imagine Papa <laughs> being a lot like Barney Five. I really can. Yeah. And he would work during the day welding, and then he would be a deputy sheriff at night. That's wild. Um, of course, back then, there wasn't anything going on. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like it was now. You didn't have to go do patrols. It was literally you, like you Barney gonna, Fife in it. If you were in Fairview and you were going to do patrol, you might have to drive five miles from one location to another yeah. just to see a human being. Yeah. If there was anybody even up in the middle of the night, you know. So he could be a deputy sheriff and work off of phone calls. Dispatcher would call him at home and, and you know, we need you to go check this out and, or what have you. So he would get up, throw his uniform on, get in his car and go check it out. Mm-hmm. And he said he did that for a short period of time. And he said that was just, he said that was a real pain, you know. But of course he's working during the day too, yeah. you know. Um, but he, he was, he was a man of, 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 of many talents. He had a lot of talents. Yeah. There, there's something I want you to talk about with him, if, or about with me about him, if, okay. if you don't mind, and that is his faith and the story behind that. Because personally, I find it to be very interesting and honestly uplifting in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, not necessarily. It, it may not like sad in some ways, but like really like hope makes me hopeful for a lot of people in another way. Yeah. Um, well, my grandfather was an atheist. Um, just did, just did not believe. Um, when I became a Christian, when I was 16 years old, it became very important to me to see the rest of my family also, um, express their faith and become Christians. And, uh, so I really started working hard on my grandpa Taylor because he was a very good man. Mm-hmm. Um, helped a lot of people. Yep, we've talked about that in the past. I mean, um, if he found out somebody needed something, he would go out of his way to make sure that they got what they needed. Yep. And my my grandmother even said one time, uh, not too long before she passed away, she said, you know, We'll die broke because Leo will give away everything that we've got, you know. And I thought, well, that's a that's a great compliment to say about somebody, you know, that they will they will give you everything that they've got, and that's the way he was. He was a very giving person, and uh, he was an atheist. And when he got sick in September before he died in December, he went into a, a rehabilitation facility and. And his rehabilitation became more of a hospice situation as he was in there right. longer. <clears throat> and uh, so when we realized and came to grips with 
the fact that he was on his way out, mm-hmm. I'd sit and talk to him till I was blue in the faith, face about his faith. And he had many people, you being one of them, uh, that went over there and sat and talked to him about being. You asked me to go talk to him. You know, I, I did. I said, maybe he'll listen to you, Jesse. Go over there and see if you can talk to him. Um, um, he had some good friends of his that he used to trade with that went up there and sat and talked to him and, and, and prayed with him and, you know, just, I mean, it looked like, it looked like it was really not going to happen. Yeah. You know, as I, and I hate to admit this, but I had just given up. Yeah. You know, and one Sunday afternoon, I was over there visiting with my sister, Sheila. And there was this pastor from a Baptist church and one of his parishioners were going around the rooms and the parishioner had a guitar and they would sing, play the guitar and sing. And the preacher would pray for, for the ones that was there, read scripture to them if they wanted to. And so they came up to our, to Papa's door and they said, would y'all mind if we came in and prayed with your loved one? And I said, absolutely not. We'd love for you to. So the pastor came in and he got down real close to Papa and, you know, cause Papa was hard of hearing. He got down there real close and he's kind of getting to, Papa's kind of getting to the point now to where he is communication is less. He'd have really good days and he'd have really bad days. Well, this was a pretty decent day. And the preacher got down in his ear and he said, Mr. Leo, he said, I'm pastor so-and-so with so-and-so Baptist church over here in Nashville. And we're just up here going to pray and with, you know, with you and, uh, and with your family. And he asked him, he said, uh, Mr. Leo, he said, do you believe in God? And my papa said, yes. And so the preacher looked at me and he said, is he a Christian? And I said, no, he's not. And he said, got back down in Papa's ear again, and he said, Mr. Leo, he said, have you ever professed your faith in in God? And he said, no. He said, but do you believe there is a God? And he said, yes. And he prayed with him, and Papa accepted Christ in his heart. Mm -hmm. Right there. Within a week of passing away. Now, I would have loved to have seen him baptized, Mm-hmm. But we couldn't do that. He was he. he if we'd have baptized him, he'd have killed him. He was in that bad of shape. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, he was rough. But I will tell you this: I believe I'll see my granddaddy again in heaven. Oh, I believe it too. I really do. Um, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know why it took so long. I don't know anything. All I know is that God's in control, mm-hmm. and that was a that was a tremendous godly act that he uh, a, a, a tremendous blessing that he gave us and gave my papa papa papa's in heaven today, mm-hmm. but he gave us a blessing of knowing that yeah because we had already decided he wasn't going yeah because he just didn't believe um. You know, and I thank you for going over and talking to him. I know you were just as excited about it as I was mm-hmm. when he when he did that. I wasn't excited to go talk to him, honestly. I was pretty. Uh, he was. It, you could talk to Papa about anything in the world, 
but he did not want to talk about church, going to church, becoming a Christian. He did not want to talk about anything like that. I will say that that's not necessarily, I would say that for a lot of people that that's maybe an uncomfortable conversation to have with someone that they feel is not going to be receptive of it. It is. Especially someone that they care about. Um, And so I definitely, for those reasons, was uh reluctant to go do that but i also felt very a big responsibility to do it and i wouldn't give that moment away for nothing i i'm so glad that i went over there and got to talk to him because what i remember saying is in a moment of frustration it was like did you did you love granny and mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, more than anything. I said, do you want to see her again? Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, I do. I said, well, you better get something figured out. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, I don't think you're going to get to see her again. Yep. And, you know, it could have been those conversations that we had with him that caused him that day to just say, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe. I'm going to have faith. Yeah. You know. Um, and as hard as that was for you to watch your entire life, it was hard. Now, I think, though, you being able to tell that story, I think a lot of people are going to hear that and maybe not give up on somebody that they yeah, thought hey, about man, giving up on. Don't give up. And, you know, I had just gotten to the point where I finally told him the last conversation we had about it. I said, Papa, I'm not going to say anything else to you about it. It upsets you. It, you seeing you upset gets me upset. Um, there's just no need in us, you know, being that way with each other. Cause I knew we didn't have a lot of time and I did think the world of my grandpa, both of my grandpas, but I got Papa a lot longer than I did my other granddaddy. And, uh, I really just wanted us to have what little time we had left. I wanted it to be a good, friendly conversations, happy times, you know, and I just, I just, I remember praying that day on the way when I left, I said, Lord, it's all in your hands. I've, I've, I'm just, I'm, I'm done. I've, I've done all I can do. You know, it's all in your hands. And it wasn't just maybe a week later, all this went down that one Sunday afternoon. And I really wish I could remember the name of the pastor that came through there. I was going to say I'd love to give him a shout out. Oh man, person I, playing I would love to. But honestly, all the people that stopped by too to, to see it. Yeah. I mean, you know, of course, everybody that went up there, they knew the situation. And if they were people of faith, they would, you know, they would bring it up mm-hmm. while they were there. And, uh, of course, we had people praying for him. And when we realized he was more in a hospice situation than anything else, we had people praying for, you know, the, the for peace, uh, to come to him. And, uh, and it did. And it, and, you know, from that point on, it was almost just like he was, Completely relaxed, you know. After that day, it was just almost like he was completely relaxed. I think he had come to the realization, okay, I'm ready to go. Yeah, you know. Um, but that was a that was a tremendous day, one that I will not soon forget. Many for sure, you know. So I was glad I got to experience, share that experience with my sister. She was there with me. Uh, of course, my daddy was already in heaven. And, yeah. and, but I got to share that experience with my sister and, uh, we, we both have talked about that since then and talked about the, you know, how God, in, it, it was, that was a God intervention thing right there, you know, no doubt. And no doubt in my mind that God intervened. He was too good a man not to go to heaven. 
you know. So, uh, yeah, don't give up. Everybody has their own relationship with God, and everybody has their own experience. Right. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just our job to not give up on them. Yeah, I agree. Mm. I agree. Well, that's a really cool story, and I know some t- like parts of it are necessarily not um, easy to tell or whatever, but, man, the end of it is really, really great. And, uh, yeah. Well, like I said, he, after that, he was just, it was just like he had a peace come over him. <clears throat> the, the peace that passes all understanding, scripture calls it that, you know, that came over him and he was just, you know, I, I think he just got, he, he, he prepared himself. He was ready to go. Amen. So. Amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. I'm not going to sing with you. That'll mess things up. All right. Let's see here. Let's, uh. Let's take things back in time a little bit. What do you say? Okay. I like going back in time. I uh was I skinny then? Use probably a little trimmer back here back then. Okay, so I've got some more clips to play for you here. But guys and girls listening, these may be a little less um clear clearer than the last few clips that I've played. I tried to doctor these up and make them a little bit um more enjoyable to listen to but i am ripping them off of old tapes so uh just bear with us we're going to take things back in time a little bit this is an audio clip of my dad papa t travis lee over here with his dad jerry interviewing my great granddad papa leo taylor that we were just talking about here these last few minutes and uh yeah let's just see how things go Below the tire of my gun, baby, son, or the lightning or a rifle tire. Now, why don't you tell me what your childhood was like? It was rough. Rough? What do you mean by that? Well, it wasn't no money. Wasn't no money? So rough. What is it? Rough happened. You remember anything that happened, you know? No. Yeah, Papa, he was sick. He had pills, yeah, had TB. What's that, TB? Uh, What's that, TB? No. Papa had TB and had to go. Oh, yeah. That's a Take rest and miss that and other. No, it's a breathing disease, hon. Oh. I don't know. We didn't have no money to spend, hon. Like, you've got to spend today. It's hard times back then. What do you remember about, um, Dad? Dad Taylor? What do you remember about him? Do you remember anything that happened to him during the stock market crash or anything? Do you remember when he was laid off or anything like that? There wasn't no job until the TV, TVA opened up. Then TVA, I mean, not... TVA? Not the... Uh, I can't think of what it was. WPA. WPA, what does that stand for? I don't know. That's abbreviation or something. It was a government put it out for people to work so they could make some money. Did you make whiskey? Yeah. What kind of whiskey was it? Moonshine or... Uh, white lightning? Moonshine. Moonshine. Mm-hmm. Is moonshine and white lightning the same thing? It's the same thing. Same thing. Well, I had people come in over the next store and ask me that. Well, um, tell me what happened. Did you ever get called or anything? No, he never get called. Everybody made it then, honey. They had to make it for a living. Well, they all stopped them sometime, didn't they? What, ha- what would happen to them if they did get caught? He'd go to the penitentiary. What's that? 
the pen, the oh. pen penitentiary. That's jail. Yeah. No, jail different from the penitentiary. Oh. See, penitentiary is way out yonder. State. And jails is in towns. Well, them rich people, they could afford to drive a fancy car out there and the rich people would. You know, y'all poor people couldn't afford it. Wasn't many. wasn't many rich people back then. wasn't too many head money. You know what's amazing about that is how much my granddaddy sounds like my daddy. Mm-hmm. It was pretty crazy. I actually thought you might have the tapes mixed up. <laughs> because he sounded like my daddy. <laughs> and for those of you that couldn't understand, um, I was interviewing Papa and asked him about his childhood. And uh, he, uh, I did ask him, did he, did his daddy make moonshine? Which I knew that he did. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, of course, everybody back in, like, like Papa said, everybody back in the in during the depression made moonshine out in the country, right? Uh, and uh, so that was uh, that was that, that was probably the whole premise behind that was to find out you know, a little bit more about the moonshine making. Of course, you could tell he was holding his cards close to his chest, you know. Yeah. Because, to be honest with you, probably about that time, I don't know. I don't. Did it have a date on that? Mm, I'm not sure. It probably didn't. Daddy wasn't real good about dating things. But I'm going to say I was probably maybe eight or nine years old. You sound young. You yeah. sound maybe even younger than that. Well, the reason I say that is because – my grandpa's dad died in 1978. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, "Do you tell me what you remember about Dad Taylor?" Yeah. So, and and maybe he was still living. I don't know, but I do sound mm-hmm. quite young on there. So yeah. I, I don't know. But anyway, um, when when that was being being recorded, Papa, you could tell Papa was holding his cards against his chest. He didn't want to reveal a whole lot about the moonshine thing. Mm-hmm. And it was probably because he knew a lot of people out there still making moonshine. Yeah. I mean, I had a great, great uncle that made moonshine plumb on up to the time I was in high school. Yeah. You know. And uh, so, yeah, there were still people out there making whiskey at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I did mention the liquor store. I thought that was pretty cool. So, yeah, I definitely thought that was pretty funny too. So, but but that but, but what amazed me is how much my granddaddy sounded like my daddy. I actually thought you might have the tapes mixed up. Mm-hmm. That was cool. I I had never thought that they sounded alike, but he did sound a lot like that, my dad in that uh, in that clip right there. Mm-hmm. So sorry it was hard to hear, but you got to think that that tape right there is about forty five years old. Yeah, this one was this one was pretty pretty rough i'm gonna try to also raise the levels when i go back and do some editing once this is all over with as well and see if we can bring it up so everybody can hear it nice and clear but yeah that was a that was a cool one for me because it had all three of y'all in it talking even paul was in there cutting up a little bit too yeah there ain't no telling what daddy was saying (laughs) You, you give my daddy a live mic there's no telling what yeah. that man's going to tell. It definitely jumped back and forth a little bit too, because that particular tape I was working with was a little, uh, a little out there. But uh, yeah. Anyways, let's go. I got another one for you. I'm okay. gonna hit you with another one. All right. Well, tell me about some. You know, when you were getting up on the end, your twenties, your thirties. You know, give me some details about that. Well, Papa went to army when he was eighteen. Eighteen. I thought the man was 20. 
Papa went when he was 18. Okay, you went four thirty. How many major battles did you fight in? Six. Six? So, do you, do you have any old army buddies that you existed in anything? Oh, yeah. A lot of them. Papa had all the addresses, I've lost them. I had an address book. You played when, when you were little. That's the last time I seen it. <laughs> a little wooden, about this big. Do you remember saying what the royal lady was? Uh-huh. Lady says that he was about a hundred feet from where you were. Is that right? Well, he's further than that. He was so many miles from where I was at. Well, did, did you know that he was in Melbourne? Yeah, Papa knew he was old brother. Papa didn't know he got killed. I got a letter from him. home. It said he got killed. Did you attend the funeral? Or did you just stay over there and come back later? It wasn't no funeral, honey. It was just a... They just buried him over there. They brought him back here to see if yeah. Papa got out of service. They did that to J.E. Did they, they did that to J.E. too? Everybody wanted them brought back home. All right, so there we're talking about... You might want to turn it down. That's a little loud. It's um, just in our ears. Oh, it is? Okay. Um, there I'm talking to him about his time in the service. He had a, my granddaddy had a brother that was in, uh, got shot in France with a machine gun fire. Right. His name was Roy, Roy Taylor. And uh, we've talked about that too, I think, um, that, you know, he got killed over there and they, they he got killed in 1943. Sorry. I think he got killed. He got killed in 44, and they didn't get to bring his body back until 1947. So Papa was out of the Army about almost two years before they brought his brother back home. That is just so crazy yeah. to think about. You don't ever – I think we've talked about this in the past on here mm-hmm. briefly, but just to have to think about losing somebody and then waiting years. Yeah. Years. Now, my grandmother had a brother, um, J.E. Reeves, who was in the Navy, and uh, – the story I heard there was that there was a uh, the, the the ship he was on was on a uh, got caught in a storm, and he was thrown overboard and drowned. And uh, wow! But they got his body back home within a few days. Of course, he was more stateside. He was on the, he was on he was on the ocean, but he was more stateside than he was you know yeah up, up, over you know in Europe or Africa or anywhere in those areas over there. So. Uh, you know, it just really depended on the on the situation as, as how quickly they got them back home. Um, you take where Uncle Roy was; there were never hundreds of thousands of soldiers in that one area that yeah. they had to they had to deal with. So I could certainly see how it could take many yeah, many years course. to get them get them back home. And I'm just thankful they were able to get him back. The casualty rate back then is, you know, much different than it is now. Right, you're talking. Tens of thousands of people dying a day. Um, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. So he said something about six major battles. Tell me, tell me as much as you can remember about those types of things with Paul Paul. I remember him talking about being in um, the the Battle of the Bulge in Belgium. Yeah, he was in France, um, Strasbourg. St. Lowe, that's four. Germany is five. 
I can't remember if he was in Italy or not. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I know that there were there were six major battles, um, and and I, the one he talked about the most was the Battle of the Bulge. That's where he he received the Bronze Star. I was about to say, tell me about the star at some point. Well, um, you know it's interesting. I after my daddy passed away, we went to we started going through a bunch of stuff that my dad had from. Stuff he collected over the years, family mementos, I guess you'd call them. I just thought it was a big old box of junk that we were going through. And I found this envelope, and it was it was really old, you could tell. It was, uh, it already turned brown. And I opened it up, and it was, um, had two pieces of paper in it. And one of them was where my grandpa received the bronze star it was the commission from the department of the army where he received the bronze star yeah and the other one was the account of his receiving the bronze star right and so you you know whoever whoever nominated him for the bronze star which was probably his commanding officer had to give the account to the department of the army as to what happened so that they you know they could determine if he was should be a recipient of the bronze star or not so they it was typed out on an old typewriter and it was, it was you know like i said it was already turned brown and everything and i read it and so it just so happened papa was there when i found this mm-hmm. and your mama was there with us mm-hmm. and she said i just asked papa said how did you uh how did you get that bronze star what was so cool about this very moment was I was reading the piece of paper of the account mm-hmm. and Papa was telling the story and it was almost verbatim word for word. word for word. That is insane. It was almost like his mind went back to that very moment. Yeah. And when he received that bronze star. So basically what happened, there was a, there was a truckload of ammunition being transported from one end, you know, from one point to another, and they were right in the middle of of heavy sh- uh, of being shelled very heavily at that point in time from the enemy, and the driver of the truck got shell shocked. Mm. And uh, I remember Papa saying, "You don't want to ever see anybody that shell shocked." Mm-hmm. Said it's 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 horrible, and he was. He had stopped the truck and he had clenched the steering wheel. And Papa was in a, uh, he was in a trench, jumped out of the trench and went over there and pushed the guy out of the way and drove the truck to safety and then came back and to his unit and began to fight again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I said something one day. I said, Bronze Star for bravery. And he said, it wasn't brave. He said, it was stupid. Mm-hmm. He said, but I knew that if a bomb hit that truck, it was going to take us all out. Yeah. And he said, I don't, he said, I, I don't, he said, I was halfway across that battlefield before I realized what I was doing, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, so, you know, that's another thing. Papa never did consider himself, brave i guess you'd say Mm -hmm. he'd always say i just went because i had to go you know i'm sure a lot of people felt that way yeah you know and i asked him i said well you you're proud you served your country aren't you and he goes well yeah i'm glad he said 
But, son, he said, it don't nobody ever want to go to war. Nobody wants to go to war. War is a terrible thing, you know. And uh, he just never felt like that he was, you know, I'd ask him about his bronze star. And, of course, I've got it now. I mean, it's hanging in my office with the with the with uh, his ribbons and a photograph of him and the account and the commission for the bronze star. And I've got a, a pocket knife and a dime that he carried with him the whole time he was over there. I've got all that stuff matted and hanging in my office, and I'm very proud of it. But you know what? He just, he just it was just a thing to him, you know. Yeah. He gave it to me when I was a kid. Yeah. And uh, so – you know, it was just uh, I, I I can't even imagine. Yeah, being eighteen years old, and I probably never been more than about fifty miles away from the place where you were born, mm-hmm. and then being shipped halfway across the world with a rifle slung over your shoulder and a pistol on your hip, and being told to go in there and 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 take that hill. Yep. You know. I just I, I can't even imagine it. Yep, it was definitely you were playing a tuba. It was definitely a. I was playing football. It was definitely a different breed of people. Yeah, you know, I think it was Tom Brokaw that called those people the greatest generation, and in my mind, they are still the greatest generation. Yeah, you know, they those people overcame way more than any of us will ever have to come, overcome, probably. Mm-hmm. You know. That's wild. I do remember him telling one time about uh, they went in and took over a German a town in Germany, and they were sweeping the town. After they fought the Germans back, they were going in and they were sweeping the town. And all of these people that had been in hiding for weeks, and their their houses had been bombed, and their that you know. They were going underground or or whatever. Were starting to come back out, and he and and Papa said it was pitiful. He said they looked like animals because they'd been underground or hid out so long. And he said they were so skinny, they were starved. Mm. And uh, they were coming out in the streets, and they were grabbing the soldiers and hugging them. You know, the American soldiers and hugging them and and everything. And he said he remembered that. There was a lady who went into her house, and uh, it hadn't been heavily shelled for some reason, and started baking bread. Mm-hmm. And she was bringing out loaves of bread and handing it out to people. And uh, there was somebody else that had some wine. They went and popped the bottles of wine and mm-hmm. said, "You know, we were after we swept the town, we were eating bread and drinking wine with these people." Mm-hmm. You know, that's wild. And. Uh, he said it was, uh, they always had all the Hershey candy bars they wanted. Said so they had a ton of Hershey <laughs> candy bars. And he said that, you know, we kick, we put those candy bars in our pockets and said when we go in there to these towns, he said we'd start handing these candy bars out to people. And he said they'd grab the candy bar, rip the wrapper off of it, throw it on the ground, and eat it like they just, he said they'd take it in both hands and just shove it in their mouths. Wow. So they were starved to death, you know. So, um, I remember him telling, I remember him telling me about that, um, which was, which is a good story. I mean, it, it, it shows that, you know, their, their presence there probably did save a lot of people's lives, you know, 
Um, well, it did save a lot of people's lives, and uh, it's got rid of a an evil that none of us can even imagine. You know. Well, didn't know you was going to get to talk to Papa a little bit today, did you? Yeah, and still can't believe how much he sounds like my daddy. That's pretty cool. That, that, that's that's a, that's the coolest thing I got out of the whole thing was that how much he sounded like my dad. I hope that I can find some more, um, what what's the word here? I'm looking for footage. I guess it's not really video. It's not video, but audio recordings of of him talking because I would I'd love to hear a little bit more for sure. Yeah, um, I know we've got. Some videos of when I did a school project in high school where I interviewed him a little bit about his time in service, and I would love to maybe try to find that at some point to to hear some of those things as well. But we'll see what happens. Um, I would like to take things in another direction back to what we were talking about earlier, and that's food and diet and all of those things. And I would like for you to tell everybody your thoughts on my eating like a vegan for two years. Well, now, I, I don't know where you want me to go with this. I don't care where you go uh, with it. I, I want th- you to tell everybody your thoughts. I think you want me to I, – I think everybody is expecting me to say that that was dumb and – you know, ridiculous and all that, but I respected your your take on that the whole time that you did it. <clears throat> First of all, I'm like, I don't know how he does it. Okay, so if you if you really wanted me to just kind of go off and say, oh, it was dumb and you shouldn't have done it, not you know, people can't live like that and so forth, so on. I'm not going to do that because you showed me that first of all. I thought, well, this will last two weeks. He'll be a vegan for two weeks. But you were a vegan for how long? Two years. Two years. No meat, no dairy. What else did you cut the out? The only thing that I accidentally ate within those two years was a can of white beans that had pork flavoring in it. Okay. Okay. That was the only thing. And then I only had a couple bites of it before I, I said, man, this tastes really good. And yeah. I thought, huh. Better had check some, better, had some pork flavor in better it. Better check better check it out. So I was I was completely after about after I saw after about say about a month or six weeks of you being on this thing, I'm thinking, huh, he's carried this a lot longer than I thought he would. First of all. And second of all, you lost a ton of weight. Thirty five pounds in a month and a half. Yeah, thirty five pounds in a month and a half. Now I quit drinking not too long before that as well. So I and you quit dipping too. Quite a few beer calories at the same time as. Didn't you quit dipping at the same time? Yeah, but that's not like a calorie thing. No, but still, Um, I mean, here's the thing: you you at one time quit dipping, quit drinking, and went vegan, and quit smoking weed, and quit smoking weed all at one time. And before I quit drinking, I was probably doing some other stuff, too. Well, okay. And we probably don't need to share all that. But, okay. It's true. Okay, but here's the thing. You you did all that at one time, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, well, this whole vegan thing. Okay, all right. So, you, you know, I guess folks can quit dipping. I haven't yet. And they can quit drinking. And, you know, I guess they can change their diet all at one time. But you can't just go hardcore and cut out. You know, meat, dairy, and all that. I just didn't think you, but you did it for two years mm-hmm. and lost a lot of weight, probably as healthy as I've ever seen you. You got so skinny at one point, I got worried about you. 
Everybody was. I was but like, I man. Was, literally, I felt so good. That was the thing. That was the thing. Everybody was worried about it. Everybody was talking about me. And, like, I felt so good at the same time. Like, I, I felt so stinking good. I, I've never felt healthier in my entire life. I, I support anybody that wants to do that. I'm not one of them. But if that's some, if that's something somebody wants to do, and if they you're feel speaking better a whole it, lot nicer about it than you've ever spoken about it before, I've had more time to think. You about You hated it. it while I was eating like a vegan. Well, I here's what I didn't like. I didn't like. I didn't like the fact that it was being pushed on me to be a vegan. Yeah. Probably should have listened more. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I've had a lot of time to think about it too. At the, mm-hmm. you know, at the time, yeah, probably, I, I probably would have had a little animosity about it, but now I wouldn't have any animosity toward it. Mm-hmm. If that's, if that's something that you wanted to do to be fair, and especially if it's going to make you feel better, you I'm were just getting it. pushed in a direction to eat healthier. I just was doing it like a vegan because it worked. I never expected it to work. I watched that document. I watched the documentary one night. I was, I was watching uh, uh, something else and sitting about thinking about how I knew I needed to lose weight. And some, one of the people in the program I was watching was extremely overweight. And I was like, I just need to watch something. If I'm going to sit here and honestly, I was stoned to the bone that night too. I was drinking and stoned and not doing nothing. And I was like, well, if I'm going to sit here and waste my evening, I'm going to at least watch something about health and maybe be able to learn a little bit from it. And it was a vegan documentary, and I ended up watching another one after that because I was like, "This, it is interesting." I was like, "But it, I don't know how anybody could ever, ever do that." Like that diet sounds like the worst life a human could live. But then I did it for three days, and I lost three pounds in three days, and I was like, "Well, that wasn't that hard." I think I'd probably do it for at least two weeks. So I did it for two weeks, and I kept losing weight. So I just kept on doing it. And then at that point, I was like, "Wow!" I mean. I've never experienced anything like this before where, I mean, I, I wasn't getting to eat all the things that I wanted to eat, but like, as long as I stayed within that, mm-hmm. uh, like rule book, things were just going in a really good direction. So all in all, I just saw that it worked for me and I just wanted it to work for you guys too. Well, That's all because- and, and another thing too, I, while you were on that, you eat a lot of food. You were talking earlier about like eating something and not being satisfied or whatever. And like, maybe that's a good thing. Like maybe it's not bad to eat a lot of food, but like a lot of really good food. Like you're, it's fuel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if you put a bunch of crap in your body, it might take your body longer to process that crap. Oh, and there's you might no doubt. not be hungrier later, but you're not getting all of the good things that you need to actually make your body go. Right. So like you might be. Eating a lot more, but you're eating better things that are actually good for you. So, like, you're feeling so much better all of the time yeah. just because of what you're putting in your body. Regardless, I say all that to say I have not eaten like a vegan for quite some time. I dropped, I, I went from 240 pounds to 166 was the lowest that I got. And right now, I'd level out at about a, a solid 212. Um, I had hip surgery last year in September and, uh, my, um, I had chronic pain along the right side of my body before that surgery. And since the surgery, it's only, um, really been worse. And I've done everything that I could to fight that over the last year. Um, but my physical, like the things that I can do 
um, physically are much less than they were the year before. So I've allowed myself to put on a couple extra pounds, and I've certainly been eating um, much more freely within the last year. And, uh, you know, Catherine and I have been talking a lot about that lately, just like I don't feel as good most of the time. Mm -hmm. And also, like, um, with the chronic pain that I deal with, I think – of what I eat has a lot to do with how I feel after I eat too. Um, not just like with my stomach, but like with, from my neck to my, to my hip, you know, where I'm actually feeling that plant pain. I think the inflammation just gets worse when you eat those kinds of things. Oh, I so, guarantee you're right. Anyways, I say all that to say, I don't know how well I'm going to be, um, eating better, but I, I've been talking about how I need to start eating better again. And that leads me into this conversation. One of your favorite things is pork rinds, right? <laughs> yeah. I probably shouldn't eat them, but I do. I love pork rinds. You like rinds. pork rinds. I do. You've liked them for a long time. I've liked them my entire life. I got, I brought you a big one over here. Dude, it looked like a, it looked like the size, it was the size of a pillow. I was about to say a parachute. Yeah, parachute. <laughs> like that a was big, the biggest pork rind I've ever seen in my life. It really was huge, man. It was like a shield. Yeah. <laughs> it like looked a like a shield. shield. Yeah. Um, got that at the, uh, Uptown Fresh Market out there in Antioch, brought that into dad and let him try that. That was pretty fun. We got a big kick out of that. Um, but, but for the record, I didn't eat the whole thing. I didn't eat the whole, you did not eat the whole I did thing. not eat the whole thing. I did share a lot of it with the dogs. They loved it too. And of course the dogs feel like anytime I sit down to eat something, they need to, they need a little bite of it too. So I did share it with them. So, so at Creative Vets, we got donated some awesome snacks this last week. And when I got them donated, or when, when they were donated to us, I was going through the box. I was like, oh, my gosh. I have got to take some of these to let Dad try because he's going to freaking lose it. Oh, what have you got? So I was like, I think we should totally break these out on the podcast and, and do a little taste test. What do you think? All right. Well, yeah, I guess. I don't know what they you are. You don't even know what it is. I, know. I don't have a clue. Okay. So, have you ever heard of pigless pork rinds? Uh, no. What do you think about it? Well, I don't know. I never tried one. A pigless pork rind. Okay, so we've got some really cool bags here from Outstanding Foods. Pig out, pigless pork rinds, plant-based Pigless pork rinds are hella tasty. Nacho cheese, full of flavor, free of guilt. Again, right, these me, bad boys are plant-based. We got nacho cheese, and then I got salt and vinegar. Which one you want? Let's try the salt and vinegar. You want the salt and vinegar? Well, I'm yeah. on, we're going to try both of them, but we'll try them. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll try salt and vinegar at the same time, too. Let's get these bad boys right, cracked. Let's see up. here. Yeah, you can read some of the nutrition facts there. Well, if I can, I can get my glasses on here right, let's see. Six grams of fat. This uh, is per serving. Per serving. Uh, 220 grams of uh, milligrams of sodium, tw 13 carbs, one dietary fiber, zero sugars, and seven grams of protein. All right, so it shouldn't be too bad for you, right? No, it's not too bad I mean, for you. shouldn't eat the whole bag. All right, pig out pigless pork rinds. Chef-crafted plant-based, um, salt and vinegar, 
full of flavor, free of guilt, which you just said a few minutes ago. Pop yours open. Let's right. give those bad boys a try. All right. Don't spill them everywhere. Well, let's see. You may have to, like, tear the they've side got a little, there. They've got a little thing there on the side. You yeah, yeah, tear. There you go. Okay. Get you right. some out of there and pass it over here. All right, there's one. I'll try two. I was about to say, get you two or three of them out of there where you can get you a good crunch. You know, they feel like a pork rind. I know, right? So, like, a lot of these uh, vegan products are, like, imitations of the real thing, and they are very, very poor. A lot of the products are very poor imitations. It looks like a pork rind. These look pretty solid, so I'm very interested to see how they taste, how they crunch. You ready? They smell good. All right, let's try it. I do. I've never had a salt and vinegar pork rind, first of all. I just want to say that, ever. I've never had a, a pork rind flavored that flavor. Huh. The crunch is cool. I can totally get behind the crunch. It really kind of feels like one, honestly. Yeah, it does feel like one, but there's an aftertaste. There's a little bit of aftertaste. Now that was a good, the last one I had was a good one. Had a great crunch to it. More salt and vinegar on it. Yeah. You want more? I'm good. Okay. Bust out these cheese ones. I'm going to eat one more of them. Okay. The aftertaste on that one I like though. It's almost like sunflower seeds. Wow. It is 100% sunflowers. It tastes like sunflower seeds a little bit. Probably it's made out of. Sunflower oil. Wow. Okay. Ready? Yep. Oh, I like the cheese better. I do too. No doubt. Salt and vinegar ain't bad, but... I don't get the aftertaste with the cheese. Mm-mm. And the nacho cheese flavor is great. That's plant-based. There's no cheese in that, buddy. That's crazy. Well, see, it's cool that you mentioned that sunflower, because that, that, after after you said that, I'm like, that's the flavor I'm getting. Mm-hmm. And so if I knew what the flavor was I was getting, I it, was wouldn't probably, it wouldn't bother me. Yeah. But there for a while, I thought I was eating cardboard. <laughs> These are crazy. The last one I got was, like, real. That, that felt real to me. I'm good. Okay. Not bad. All right. Not so, bad at all. All right. On a scale from one to ten, outstanding foods, pig out, pigless pork rinds. We'll just rate them together, both flavors together. On a scale from one to ten, one being you would never, ever eat those again, and ten being... You could put regular pork rinds in your past and just shift to that if it were healthy. Healthy. Okay, I got you. Go for it. Six and a half. <laughs> Six and a half. Yeah, it's not bad. No, it's not bad. Not bad. A six. I think a six point five. But you know what? I've eaten some pork rinds that I wouldn't give a six point five. 
I was about to say, I, I really think I've had pork rinds before that weren't as good as that. No, I agree. I definitely had pork rinds like that that weren't as good as that. I've opened, I've gotten pork rinds before, same brand that I've had before, opened up the bag, eaten three or four of them, and threw them away. Because they just weren't good. Yeah. You know. But yeah, I've eaten pork rinds before I wouldn't give a 6.5 uh, rating to. So yeah. yeah, that's actually pretty good. You know? I would be interested to see what the nutrition facts were on the back of a regular pack of pork rinds to compare the two. I would say they're very similar. I would say they're probably you would have more similar than you would think. You would have you'll have cholesterol in the regular ones. Though. You'll have you will not have an ounce of cholesterol. You won't in have these. cholesterol in that. And I'll tell you something else: you won't have um, carbs. In, in As a, many carbs in no, the regular zero ones. carbs, right? In a, in a regular bag of pork rinds. Zero. Zero carbs. I do know that. Wow. So, but other than that, I mean, as far as the flavor and everything and the texture, I mean, they're they're very similar. I, mm-hmm. It's crazy that they can do that. Mm-hmm. That blows my mind. And well, I'm, you know. The pig out, pigless pork rinds are Papa T approved. 6.5 yeah, out of 10. If you see them the, anywhere, give them a shot. I would, I would give up regular rinds. To go for this, that's hilarious. Yep. Um, now you take the big pork rind that you brought me, the one that looked like the the shield. You brought it to me. Not as good as I thought it'd be. No, it was more of a it was more of a fun thing to look at. It's a novelty. It was it was definitely cool to bring that and show it to yeah. you. Yeah. Not not my favorite. Not my favorite. Now I, I did have to take them because first of all they had very little salt on them which I I, I found not interesting not an ounce of flavor on the big one and no no flavor but so I ended up having to flavor the ones that I eat with salt and pepper but the ones that we took and put on the smoker for a little while and it mm-hmm. softened them up now that was pretty decent after yeah that. those are but pretty good honestly straight up I think if I had to pick between that and this I'd pick those I'd pick the pig I'd yeah. pig out yeah I was a little bit disappointed in the salt and vinegar ones. I really expected more vinegar flavor in there. Yeah. And I think if they'd had more vinegar in it, they'd taken that aftertaste. That you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have had the aftertaste. They've got a lot of the the quote unquote nacho cheese on there, so that does take a lot of the aftertaste away. Yeah. From it, so. I, I, I looking at the bags, I knew I was probably going to like the cheese better because that's just my kind of what I normally like yeah. better, if that makes any sense. But. I'm pretty uh I'm pretty impressed with them, man. I could totally eat some more of those. Definitely better than the stupid Coca Cola coffee things you made us drink on here one day. Those were rough. I've not had a single yeah. one of those since then. You know, love love a good diet coke, but man, uh, yeah, the coke the coke slash coffee product was not my not my favorite <laughs> by any means. By any means. Well, we've had some good stories. We had a little interview with Pop Paw and. Uh, Got to tell a really cool, several cool, awesome stories about him. And and then we got to get us some pig out pork rinds on here to do a little taste testing at the end. It's been a good Sunday Sunday morning. Not a bad day. Mm-mm. Not a bad day so far. Got to go to Grandmama's now and spend some family time. Headed down to Grandmama's for birthday Sunday. Second Sunday of the month, every month. Birthday mm-hmm. Sunday. Go down and celebrate all the birthdays for the month. Get to see the... Brothers-in-law, sisters-in-laws, nieces and nephews and cousins, and it's always a big time. Always a big time. No doubt about it, man. No doubt about it. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. 
Um, guys, girls, thank you all for tuning in and listening to us. Like always, we appreciate you very much. If you like original music, I got some of that out there. Jesse Wayne Taylor, just search my name wherever you can buy or stream music and give those songs a spin and let me know what you think of them. If, uh, you love what we're doing on here and you want to buy a little bit of merch, you can find some of that at jessewaynetaylor.com. We got some bald headed country boy shirts on there, black ones, and we got some new gray ones. And then if you want to buy some old Jesse Wayne Taylor shirts and, and hats, we got some of those on there too. Um, outside of that, you got anything else you want to say, Papa T? No, man. I'm good. You're good. I'm I'm at a loss for words. You might as well write that down on your calendar. That hardly ever that hardly ever happens. I was about to say it's probably only gonna last about fifteen minutes. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> probably so. All right. Well guys, thank y'all again. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you share it with all of your friends and family. Make sure you like, subscribe, and download the podcast. And uh if you got anything you want to hear on here, let us know and we'll try to make it happen for you. Keep on doing the dang thing. Yeah. Love y'all. Peace. Peace out.